This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. This time we're talking about the penultimate episode of She-Hulk Attorney at Law, Episode 8, Ribbit and Rippet. Ribbit and Rippet. Yes, Ribbit and Rippet indeed. fellow defenders to the daredevil podcast on tv podcast industries but well, no obviously this is the she-hulk podcast she-hulk attorney at law episode eight ribbit and rip it but a big return from one of our favorite characters here yes. in this episode i'm one of your hosts derek hello there fellow defenders i am one of your other hosts tadpole number one <laughs> And hello, you amphibians out there. You, I don't know, are, are you tadpoles? Are you, uh, what was it, the um, the frog boys? How do you not know that a baby frog is called a tadpole, Chris? We are very excited to talk about episode eight of She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Um, I think we've had a bit of an interesting week this week. We've returned to Gotham with Pennyworth, which was one of our first legacy shows, the first show we ever started podcasting about. And this week, our first ever Marvel show that we ever started talking about was Daredevil uh, when it was on Netflix. And now we're returning uh, with Daredevil. So quite a big week of uh, of legacy shows coming back, isn't there? I know. I felt. I felt. If it wasn't just for all the grey hair in my beard and my head, I would <laughs> like literally think we were seven plus years ago. Mm-hmm. It's that long. Time flies yeah. when you're having fun talking to your friends and about TV. Yes, a lot of TV, mm-hmm. a lot of TV. Certainly in the last two months, fellow defenders, yeah. uh, we are. Continuing our coverage of She-Hulk Attorney at Law, we are doing Rings of Power. Mm -hmm. We've started up, as you say, the Pennyworth podcast again Mm -hmm. on TV Podcast Industries. And of course, just finished The Sandman as well. Another comic property as well of DC. Yeah, absolutely. And one other thing that was released today on uh, on Disney+, Plus, which may be of interest to our MCU fans, uh, Werewolf by Night, uh, the special presentation, so an hour-long uh, show, uh, black and white horror uh, from Marvel. Uh, we have seen it, but we're not going to talk about it here. We're going to hold off on our thoughts on Werewolf by Night until Halloween. Um, I really don't understand why all the streaming services have cho- chosen the 7th of October to release all their horror <laughs> shows. It's really odd, isn't it? I don't, I don't know what their numbers must be telling them. It's Werewolf by Night today. We have Hellraiser over on over on Hulu came out today. Uh, we have the new Mike Flanagan show over on Netflix all being released on the 7th of October. Why? Why don't you wait till the end of the month for Halloween? Because more stuff is coming out at the end of the month. And they were like, oh, our stuff's going to get lost. So we just keep going earlier and earlier. Very soon, we will have Halloween stuff in July. I'm up for it. Yeah, for I, it. I would go with that. I prefer <laughs> that to Christmas in yeah. July. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's definitely. true. Scary season. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to chatting about it. This is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the upcoming other horror nuptial stuff is going to be interesting. Uh, Mike Flanagan has always been a... like. I was going to say he's always been a fan of mine, but actually, been, <laughs> I'm a fan of his. Yes. He could be a fan of mine. He might be. If you're listening, Mike, we love you. Please come on, discuss your thoughts of Daredevil in She Hulk mm-hmm. and where this will go. 
We yes. will we will listen. We will make space, a fourth chair for you. <laughs> How would you bring the terror to She-Hulk attorney at law? There you go. And of course, we had the second trailer of Wakanda Forever as well. Which we was this awesome. Uh, yes. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. And of course, um uh Namor, Fab tabulastic <laughs> yeah really yes. looking forward to talking about that but we are here today to talk about she-hulk attorney at law episode eight so let's get into it if you haven't subscribed to the podcast john mentioned all the things we're covering at the moment subscribe to the main feed for our podcast over on tvpodcastindustries.com or just search tv podcast industries on any good or evil podcast catcher uh, we do want to hear your thoughts about all the shows that we're covering you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop over to our facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries where you can leave your thoughts on any of the spoiler posts that we have up for all of the shows that we're covering but let's get in and start talking spoilers all about episode eight of she-hulk attorney at law ribbit and rip it what are some of the episode details well, the executive producers for the show are Kevin Feige, Louis Desposito, <laughs> Victoria Alonso, Brad Winderbaum, Jessica Gao, and Pat Quarrow. <laughs> wow. Jessica Gao is the head writer for the show, and this episode, once again, was directed by Kat Quarrow, who's had a little bit of a break uh, and is back for this episode and the finale of the season. Wow. So Ooh, that's, uh, nice. that's five episodes that she has directed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She well did done, uh, episode two, three, and four as well. Yeah. Uh, this episode was written by Cody Ziegler, a staff writer on the show, previously wrote for Robot Chicken as well. Uh, accomplished podcast producer has won lots of awards for that as well. He's also a writer of lots of Spider-Man comics, uh, currently writing uh Spider-Punk series, uh, which mm-hmm. I think is issue five has just come out of the five issue series. And he is the new writer on Miles Morales Spider-Man as well. Uh, the first issue of that coming out in the next month or so as well. So uh, a big comic book writer and excitingly for lots of fans of She-Hulk he's at uh, New York Comic Con this weekend so lots of people who saw that this excellent episode uh, were able to meet him directly afterwards so how cool is that yeah that's great stuff yeah, yeah. really the stars align on that one mm-hmm. yeah uh-huh. yeah he, he's one of the writers where he, he takes on voices very well if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah oh, I miss New York Comic Con me too me too watch- we'll have to try and get there for next year yeah I'm watching all the live streams at the moment it's been, uh, been great fun uh, seeing the the show floor again that's very cool for anybody that is there enjoy the rest of the weekend it's going to be great for yeah me. yeah i'd love to go back to new york comic oh definitely yeah. yeah love to get covid amongst all those bustling comic fans i would not like to get covid there but no i wouldn't john do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for shield episode 8 ribbit and ripus sure there's a new hero in town, Leapfrog, who jumps into action but bounces pretty quickly when he realizes he's overwhelmed As he makes his escape, his suit catches fire, and he almost burns to death. So Leapfrog, a.k.a. Eugene Patilio, calls in She-Hulk attorney at law to sue Luke Jacobson, who made the suit. Luke is highly offended and calls in his own heavy hitter, an exceptional New York lawyer named Matt Murdock. The perceptive lawyer detects the smell of jet fuel from Leapfrog's boots that he used as the propellant, going against the manufacturer's instructions... Jen loses the case and her suit maker as Luke cuts her off forever. The two lawyers connect over a drink after court. There's definitely a spark and Matt shares his one for us, one for them philosophy with Jen. But the other side of Matt's double life comes crashing in as his client Luke has been kidnapped and he runs off to help. Meanwhile, Jen too is called away to deal with a client and former date, Todd. But instead of a case... She has to reject the advances of Todd all over again. 
Luckily, she is called away as Leapfrog calls on help from She-Hulk. When she arrives fully suited, she goes toe-to-toe with Daredevil and learns that this is Matt Murdock's night gig and Leapfrog is the one who has kidnapped Luke. They team up and take out the would-be villain and in the process, Jen gets the services of her tailor back and also spends the night together with Matt back at her house before Daredevil, doing the walk of shame, returns to protect the streets of Hell's Kitchen in New York. But it's not over yet. Jennifer goes to the fancy legal gala, where she is up for an award. As she is on stage receiving her gong, Intelligentsia unleash their plan to show the world the true aggressive nature of She-Hulk. As they share everything they hacked from Jennifer's phone, she's finally had enough and loses control. What an episode. I think even when you were going through the synopsis there, I was still laughing at some of the jokes <laughs> that were in the episode. <laughs> but what, what, what did you guys think of wrong? Oh, I absolutely love this episode. Mm-hmm. Yes, Matt Murdock is in there, but I think that um, She-Hulk and Jen play off with him so well mm-hmm. and, and with Daredevil as well. Just really, really good. Love the humor. Yeah. Absolutely adored the use of Leapfrog mm-hmm. in this. Um, I was actually rooting for him. I was like thinking, just okay, he's trying his best. Uh, okay, he kidnaps <laughs> Luke in the end, but just really, really good. And then, yes, we we finally get um, the the plan of intelligentsia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna be very honest. When I first, before I actually got to watch the episode, I was on Twitter mm-hmm. and someone said, "Oh my god, I can't believe they did that to Luke." In She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, did they bring back Daredevil and Luke Cage <laughs> in the same episode? Oh, my awesome. God. I was like, that would have been cool. oh, oh, my God. Oh, and then I was like, oh, no, okay. But even with that disappointment, <laughs> or like, it was still just such a fun episode. Yeah. Taking out the reintroduction of one of our favorite characters, the defender that started this all for us. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I best described it recently as it's this, it's that lemon sorbet between courses. It's so refreshing, this show. And even this episode just reminds me why I don't want next episode to be the finale. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready for this. I'm, I want to confirm a season two now. <laughs> so I know there's more coming. Yeah. Anyway, should we jump into it? Because I just, I talked a lot there and I know there's a lot more to talk about. Absolutely. Lots more to talk about. Let's talk about our top three case points for this episode order order before we get into the other part of the episode let's talk about leapfrog the introduction of a very very minor character once again from uh, from marvel comics uh, who pointed out the other day uh, that this character appeared in issue number 25 of daredevil so really really early in daredevil's run and was a daredevil um antagonist i guess uh, he, yeah. he seems to be antagonistic with everybody that he meets. I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but uh, I'd probably want to punch him in the face <laughs> if he was that kind of way around me. A very spoiled brat uh, in the show who uh, seems to have used his dad's money to uh, to buy a suit uh, so that he can go out and stop petty criminals, uh, which he can't even do. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but I really did like the character who was so much fun and made me laugh uh, throughout the episode. Really enjoyable. It w- It was really, really good. I mean... Just even, you know, I'm Leapfrog, a.k.a. Godfrog, just for this mission. And he tries to do the sort of 
the leg sweep to take the legs from out of the two uh, guys sort of shifting a, a TV from, from the local electronics store. And it just kind of catches the guy's foot and stuff. It was just yeah. like, it was really good. Uh, even just later, just because these two massive blokes sort of go to him and he, he makes his escape. But mm. Oh, there was loads of them, John. Loads well, of them. loads of them. But <laughs> even just later when he says, you know... Uh, Retreat is just as uh, successful as he jumps out the window. Um, I thought was superb. I really just liked the fact that, you know, he's in Jen's office bandaged up. It was just real good comedy. Um, Even the bit in court where, you know, Matt arrives and he says, I couldn't find parking. Just kidding. My driver got lost. And it just cuts to Leapfrog sort of laughing at the joke of the lawyer that's like representing the person he's suing. So mm. I just, I like that where he says, I filled it with jet fuel. And, um, you know, Matt makes the case, well, it's against the, the instructions. Mm. Um, and he goes, I didn't use jet fuel. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> and yeah. just the whole comedy that came from that, which is Matt sort of, don't ask me how I know he's lying. And then the judge just saying, we all know he's lying. Exactly. Lord, just the situation I thought was superb. And, you know, the, the comedy retreat, um, smash through the warehouse window, just hearing the crack and scream. Um, yeah, I, 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 I kind of have a soft spot for Leapfrog, or this version of Leapfrog. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Yeah, no, he's really, really good. Chris, how about yourself? What do you think of Leapfrog in this episode? I I enjoyed the what he can become. Like, I did think they were going to, at the very beginning, it reminded me of a very early kick-ass. Mm. Yep. Um, that kind of, like, yeah. when I thought they were going to, that's where I thought they were going with the promo for Leapfrog the day before the the episode aired, I thought they were going to go. And when it first kicked off, I was like, oh, she takes another green guardian under her wing and kind of teaches him a bit. I thought, and then you start to see how awful this person is a human. He's spoiled, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And we're seeing definitely a trend in spoiled men mm-hmm. in this uh, and i'm like yep yeah, i know one or two of people like that there's yep. definitely a trend in real life too um but i overall just enjoyed like it's a fun character to rib mm-hmm. um rib it uh-huh. uh, if you will um it was a cool costume it links into the <laughs> overall story like there's so much to it i was just like yeah and then just as you said all those crypts that they've done I like that he had goons and henchmen, or henchmen and goons, depending on. <laughs> he just had goons. Yeah. That's the point. It was the money. It's the money. I yeah. know. He had no henchmen. Nobody believed in the... Uh, in, <laughs> in Ribbit and Ripping. Yeah. No, nobody believed <laughs> in the good. idea that, uh, that, that that Leapfrog was going for. They're all there for his daddy's money. That's, that's basically You it. never know. There could be <laughs> one tadpole there who's like, do you know what... Yes. <laughs> I'm in it. I'm in it. I've loved frogs all my life. And I yeah. always wanted a superhero frog. Uh yeah, I love I love the costume. I thought I thought that worked really well. The idea of it being that it looks as good as it possibly could as a costume made made for a frog, because remember again it's made by Luke and Luke doesn't do bad work, so it has to look as good as it possibly can. But it still looks like a frog. It still looks terrible. Yeah, um, he's got his green car as well. He which does. Is, yeah. <laughs> it's just so good. He's got his or the lily pad 
<laughs> like his secret <laughs> with the big neon lights. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. yeah. Um, I do like Luke is like whoever told you this color works on you. Mm-hmm. Like, them. Yeah. <laughs> like, them. yeah, yes. nice, nice. Yeah. Did you notice also at the lily pad uh, he had uh, had Frogger uh, the video game yeah. uh, for yeah. everybody to play? So everything is themed around frogs. Uh, this guy has uh, has obviously got an obsession. I mean, it does make perfect sense. Like if you're gonna pick an animal, you're gonna go that far down you're like you're gonna be everything is green everything is frog themed Mm -hmm. well that's it i liked how sort of you know he's kidnapped he's kidnapped luke and is going through well now i want poison darts coming from the suit Mm -hmm. or like a high high tech ai uh with an english accent you know coming from from the suit just love the sort of the riff just like iron man yeah Everybody wants that when they're getting their first suit, I'm sure. Uh, a great introduction to the character. Great to have him in here. Lots of minor characters introduced this season. I think he's probably my favorite uh, because Definitely. he made me laugh every moment he was on screen. He was great. I really enjoyed him. So I uh, don't know whether we'll ever see the character again because uh, that's the weird thing about She-Hulk. They're introducing these characters that we may never see in the future. But, uh, but a great introduction to this one. Uh, let's pop on to case note number two. She-Devil or Dare-Hulk? What's the ship name for these characters? <laughs> probably uh probably something to do with uh, matt walters or uh or matifer maybe with uh, <laughs> uh with reference to uh to to benifer maybe that might work oh it could oh that could work yeah matifer matifer there we go i was going with jeff you that might work too and to say uh stephen denice the uh the former executive producer of uh of daredevil on netflix uh he's he did put out a tweet today saying um i ship jennifer and matt more than any of any of the rest of you love what they did uh thanks so much for taking care of daredevil uh over on over on marvel so he's a big fan of this episode as well so that's yeah. cool it was really good. I just loved the fourth wall breaking actually from, from Jennifer as they're in the bar where mm-hmm. she's like, you're feeling this right <laughs> in terms of like, you know, it's not just me here is sexually it? or indeed just the fact that there's Daredevil back on, on TV screen. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really good. I, I just liked all of this. I love the fact that both of them have got their suits. Um, <laughs> like with, with, uh, jennifer's or she hulk suit but also yeah. just when Je- jennifer says daring to use ketchup and mustard for the suit <laughs> i really like that i just hadn't thought of of that combo to describe the suit and i i just couldn't stop thinking that it was basically a hot dog and <laughs> that we had daredevil the hot dog and just all the the kind of Everything from uh, Jennifer here, I just thought was really on point. You know, certainly when she's coming to the aid of Leapfrog, she goes, you know, the guy beating up my clients, uh, the guy dressed as the devil was the bad guy. You know, Mm -hmm. what did you expect me to think? I loved all this play. Um, You know, even with Daredevil saying, well, understandable. And Charlie Cox was really good with the comedy chops here as well. Really enjoyed the interaction of these two characters. I mean, I think that's all I can say, really. I just giggled and laughed all the way through this. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't expecting them to get it on, actually. Really? I mean, I knew, obviously, the tension. But where Daredevil effectively says, I've got to get back to New York, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that, you know, I knew there was the interest there with Jennifer. But uh, it was great... 
maybe next time I'll take you for dinner kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, let's skip all that. Let's so skip all that. On. Yeah, no, it was really yeah. good. I think I think that's the one of the interesting things. I remember when we were covering um, Daredevil season one, two, and three, a lot of the comments about about the character of Matt Murdock is that he's quite lovelorn in that show. Like, he's kind of tied to Electra, someone that he'd been with in the past, and he's kind of tied to um, Karen, who there was kind of an on-again, on off-again thing going on, but they yeah. never actually got together in a relationship. Um, he's kind of tied to Claire Temple as well, but they didn't really create a relationship at all. So there was kind of three seasons on TV where it was like as if Matt was wasn't in any real relationship at all whereas in the comic books that's completely unusual for matt matt's had loads of relationships in the comic books, so mm-hmm. it's nice to see him get some here with uh here with jennifer um but i absolutely forgot since it's been a few years off air i absolutely forgot how great charlie cox is how uh charismatic he is on screen like the minute yeah. he walks in it's not just the whole room in that courtroom that responds to his initial joke I think everybody in the audience goes, ah, oh, we're in good hands here with the episode. Yeah. He just yeah. instantly has that rapport. 100%. Um, one very small touch I loved on his um, walk of shame. He's walking barefoot yeah. in, on the grass because he's blind and he's feeling the his extra senses are helping him. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid, but so cool. It's it's really cool. It's it, really cool. It I, is, isn't and it? And it's not really a walk of shame for him. He's really happy. Yeah. 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 Like and there's the other moment I think we we picked up on as well where he at the bar and he moves over to Jen and he asks the bartender to move his pint mm-hmm. uh to that yeah. size. Like just really, you know, some nice little touches and then I love the fact that all those little touches but you have Jen saying are you pretending to be a blind oh, yeah. guy? Because uh, you know, I'm I'm not happy with that. I'm not, okay I'm not comfortable. Um, and and also just you know, she's talking about echolocation, but she used. I mean, I loved the 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 fight between her and uh, Daredevil, but that moment where she uses the sonic clap and projects him into the car, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and just then after that, where he goes. I can do all this because I have really good hearing, or at least I did after yeah. he's yeah. just had his eardrums like yeah. wrecked. And then Jen tries to explain to herself what her powers is, saying, you know, is, is it echolocation? Is that what it is? And he just kind of passes it off and goes, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that I'm not even going to go into an explanation with you. We've got to, I've got to track down this guy who's, yeah. uh, who's kidnapped Luke effectively. So that's where the echolocation piece comes from. Uh, it's, it's just, it's not that that's what his powers are. No. It's that that's what Jen thinks they are, or that's the easiest way she can explain it to herself. <laughs> Matt's exactly. like, yeah, Grant, whatever. Uh, like, come on, if you had to go as a world on fire, like, that's a whole other conversation mm. that they have to get deep into. We all understand it. So most of us do. I'm sure there's lots of people who didn't actually end off watching the Daredevil show. It is available on Disney Plus now. You can uh, can jump on yeah. over and see how great uh, Charlie Cox is if you've never seen the show. He is yes. so good in that show. So one thing I, John touched on it is the um, the fight. So let's talk about, like, this Everyone knows how much I love Daredevil mm-hmm. before on the, especially the Netflix, original Netflix and which are now on Disney Plus. I absolutely love them. That Daredevil was a bit more of a boxer. He was less acrobatic, which the an acrobatic Daredevil is typically what we had in the comics. Mm-hmm. A guy who could flip swing. Yeah. Like he was like up and down and left and right. And that started to progress a bit, but it was very much more kind of MMA flipper kind of type of person than 
what we saw in this, which was what I, in my head, have always, when I imagined Daredevil on the big screen, he is super acrobatic. Yeah. Like, he was flipping, he was doing the jumps. Yeah. He, like, when he dived off the car park roof. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, wow. And then she looks down and he's like, doing parkour, parkour, down the side of the, uh, like, the side of the building. Mm Mm-hmm. And like, he uses his billy clubs, uh, like it, all of that really for me was such a beautiful interpretation or kind of realization of the Daredevil. But it's the Daredevil from the comics, but it is still very much the Daredevil we have seen in live action. Yeah. It's a real beautiful evolution of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, a kind of, and it's, or I should say even now of just the Netflix. Because if you imagine that this is potentially maybe a few years later, mm-hmm. uh, based on the timelines that we kind of think we know on the Netflix ones back in the day, yeah. um, and this would maybe he has grown into his powers. Yeah. yeah. So he started yeah. as the boxer and now he's been doing this a fair few years. On a complete other aside, I think Foggy is still in the universe. Mm-hmm. Foggy Nelson. Attorney at law who works as part of Murdoch and Nelson, or Nelson and Murdoch, depending on. Yeah. Or Nelson, Murdoch, and Page, technically according to the third season. That's right. Um, he says we, um, and he kind of says we practice. Yeah. Uh, we have a practice, uh, and we we do one for us and one for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, there's a lot of we's. Mm-hmm. First watch, I thought, oh, he was talking about what Jen and him do, or like uh, as lawyers. Oh, okay. but I actually then on second view I was like you could take that as it's a practice like like it's the basically it's him and Foggy and Karen Page mm. so I took it as a nice you can take it either way no matter what yeah. happens in Born Again like there's an option like they, they haven't written themselves into a corner on that yeah I hate when people say oh now they like literally I've seen two different tweets uh, again, it's Twitter. I know it's a bad place to go looking for information. I don't look uh-huh. to see information. Um, I saw people go, "Oh my God, they've gotten rid of Foggy Nelson!" No, and there's other people, "Oh my God, Foggy Nelson's alive!" Yay! I'm like, "Yeah, they haven't done either." Yeah, they um, haven't done either. Yeah. They just use their they they use the royal we. It's the royal I and the royal we. It's yeah, great. yeah, absolutely. I didn't even take it like that. I I, I knew he said that he had had a practice in New York, and I thought they were just leaving it that. There's no no further details given, and they haven't written one word of the Daredevil Born Again, so they definitely didn't want to write something in here that they have to keep uh, for the show, of course. So uh, the writing hasn't hasn't begun on that. But uh, what I took it as was the conversation that's going on between himself and Jen is about the two sides of his life. She doesn't yeah. even know that that's what he's talking about. She thinks he's talking about. Um, what he's able to do with his practice, as in do one for the big guys, one for the little guys. And that's the conversation he's having when when actually he's talking about his superpowered life, his Daredevil and Matt Murdock life, <laughs> being able to split that up and go, I can defend them in court and I can go out and save them as a superhero at night. And that's what he's recommending that Jen can do. This is really good. And this comes, yeah. in, comes in the back of the first episode where Bruce said to her, are you going to be a superhero? And she said, no, I'm going back to my law practice. And now as she's gotten more and more She-Hulk-like in her life now, Matt's coming along at the right time to tell her, you actually can do both. You actually can use your powers to help people as well as you can use your lawyer abilities to help people, Uh, not just deal with 
poor little rich boys who well, feel hard done by. Well, that's it. It's like it, that felt really Matt Murdock as well mm-hmm. at, at the bar, where he's like, "You're in a unique position. Um, you can help people with law when society fails them, and She-Hulk can help when law fails them." Mm-hmm. That was really, really kind of just so well put. Um, and the thing is, that's what I really enjoyed about their interaction. You had that kind of real genuine, serious moment from Matt. But then preceding all of that, you have, you know, where they, where he sends over the Apple Teeny, uh, in the legalese mm-hmm. and, you know, Jen's asking, well, how come you're all, you're here all the way over from, um, New York? And he says, well, he's, he's made a few suits for me. And she just goes, well, it doesn't look like it. And he's like, that's a low blow to give out about a blind man's dress sense. You know, I, I have my pants on, don't I? Like, I just yeah. really superb kind of just writing the interaction of it all. Absolutely. And then just the conversation develops into this unique position part. And yeah. I, that is just, Really good She-Hulk, I think, uh, here Absolutely. in terms of this show, yeah. uh, how yeah. how they did that. I just loved it. And then, you know, it going into the, you know, they both have to leave and yeah. w- it comes back then with the, the fight on the multi-story car park. Mm-hmm. But even just like, as you said, Chris, the nod to the corridor fight yeah. as well from uh the the original daredevil yeah. series uh, on was, on netflix that was so well that was yeah. so well done mm-hmm. it was just like it was a perfect nod like they didn't need to kind of highlight it too much it was through the door literally they even did the door part yeah yeah like it was that good i was like well Done. Yeah, absolutely. They didn't need to focus on. They didn't need to do the oneer, which is what it's actually known for. It's not just the corridor fight. It's also yep. a, a ten minute shot that, that looks like it has no cuts in it. Um, they've done four of those, I think, on the on the the Daredevil TV show. So they didn't need to replicate that. You knew as a fan watching Daredevil uh, at the TV show, you knew that this scene was a reference, and the fact that they incorporated it back into She Hulk again. It's her show, remember? And <laughs> they incorporated yeah. back into her by her smashing through smash. the ceiling and taking out four people and calling out, finally, She-Hulk smash, well, yeah. uh, which was a good little yeah, gag exactly. in there. So turning it back into comedy while still being able to get that reference in there is a great shout from uh, from Cody Ziegler. Well, it was comedy reference or reverence mm. to, yeah. to Daredevil. I mean, even, you know, after his amazing fight and you've got one of the goons going... Tadpole five backup is on the way, you know, that just, and then yeah, the, the she Hulk smash, but even where, you know, she has that conversation about the devil was the bad guy in the multi-story. And he's like, I'm daredevil. And you get the music from the show playing just, mm-hmm. and you're like going, Oh, the, the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up. And she's kind of like looking at him going, who? who? Yes, <laughs> it's just exactly. really good. A little, uh, a little, um, Kind of nod to Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe there with uh, with yeah. I'm yeah. Star Lord, uh, yeah. I'm Daredevil. Who? How have I possibly heard about a, a guy who fights in Hell's Kitchen, New York? That certainly wouldn't make it all the way out here to LA, you know. Yeah. Uh, which I liked. And I, I just want to quickly point out one thing. Well, I, we kept saying "Born Again," coming back and "Born Again." For those who don't know what actually like the "Born Again" is. Um, it was Daredevil was announced at D23 and as well in San Diego Comic Con. They had two different announcements pretty much that Daredevil Born Again is where Charlie Cox and Vincent Offrio will return as their respective Kingpin and 
kind of Wilson Fisk and Charlie Cox's Daredevil uh, and Matt Murdock in a new Disney Plus only show, which is like 18 or 24 episodes. It's something. It's been announced as 18 episodes. Yeah. And weirdly, 18 episodes limited series. Usually they're like six episodes. So yeah, exactly. So this is like a, definitely a long one. It's confusing yeah. everybody. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. It was then has since been titled Daredevil Born Again, mm-hmm. um, which is definitely an interesting one because the last season of um, Daredevil season three on Netflix was based on the storyline Born Again, yeah. mm-hmm. which is again an interesting one. So maybe they're going to redo. Who knows what they're going to do? But I kept we kept saying Daredevil Born Again. I just wanted to, for anyone who's not who who isn't deep in the lore and what that this is what all this means and all these announcements today. Yeah. You know? For anybody who hadn't uh, heard the announcement or hadn't heard us talk about it before earlier yeah, on this season, exactly. uh, which we, we had mentioned it before, <laughs> but it's all the excitement of having Daredevil back on the screen. Um, I think that's that's probably what it is. Great to hear the John Paisano uh, theme tune oh. uh, in there. It was yeah. really good. You're absolutely right. The hairs just start standing up on your neck and then to be yeah. to be cut off with a joke uh, works really well for oh, this show. Yeah, those opening yeah. credits from Daredevil were just um, Amazing. magnificent yeah. with... Just with the music, with the visuals. To be honest, in the same way, I'm really enjoying the end credits of She-Hulk with the the artwork. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just- it's a She-Hulk version of the Mandalorian end end credits where mm. they've taken the storyboards yeah. and just because they were so good, they put them at the end, and that yeah. seems like this beautiful interpretation or ode to that. Yeah, because these are really good storyboards. I don't know if they're actually storyboards. Or if they're actually kind of just, hey, we're going to try and have something fun at the end of the credits. I think what I like about the She-Hulk ones is that they they add to the story that you've heard in the episode. Yes. Sometimes it's it's offhand comments that are made that are turned into these uh, end, end credit scenes. Like we hear when Nikki comes in and arrives t- talking to Jen, she goes, I just saw a guy dressed in a devil suit outside um, doing the walk of shame. And that's actually on screen in the end credits drawn where she's taking a photograph of Daredevil uh, with his shoes off walking down the street. So I love that they add those in uh, to the cre- to, to those yeah, credits each absolutely. week. So even though we haven't got a post credit scene as such after the episodes for the last couple of weeks, if you look at the at the drawings, there are extras added to the show by, the, by, by those drawings, which I think yeah. is a cool idea. Definitely. Yeah. The only other thing I wanted to mention about Matt Murdock's appearance in the show here is just that we get a callback to um, the Sokovia Accords, um, which were really important in Captain America's Civil War. It's what caused the big battle, really, between Tony Stark and uh, and Steve Rogers and put everybody on different sides and set up the future of superheroes. He mentions here that the Sokovia Accords have been repealed, um, which is quite big yeah. for something that hasn't happened on screen at all, hasn't been discussed at all uh, since it happened. Everybody was in different factions, uh, was mentioned and was quite really important, I guess, in, in the movies that followed Captain America Civil War. And then they've been repealed uh, off screen somewhere. Don't really know why. Was it just because of the snap they went... We don't really need to restrict this anymore. Uh, or uh, is it a story to be told in the future? It was called out as recent as Captain America uh, and the Winter Soldier, or Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I should really say. It was called out as recently as that. Mm. So this d- it does try to time it that She-Hulk now is probably one of the most recent uh, in the MCU timeline mm-hmm. of the ones, I think one of the more serious upcoming Disney Plus shows will have to mention it a bit more. Yeah. Because it does allow for 
super heroic vigilantes to be to be non-governmental registered. Well, more importantly, so, it allows for the return of the Avengers because yes. the Avengers, as a as a group of of uh, people with uh, with secret identities, effectively, that's what they what they would have been in the past. Um, so it allows for that to, to appear again uh, yeah. in, in the MCU. So just a cool line. Uh, really interesting to, to hear it in there. Uh, but that's probably it for uh, for Daredevil and uh, and She-Hulk, or Daredevil and Jennifer Walters. Uh, we move on to our case note number three, because it's not over yet. It's time for the gala. Uh, yeah. Loved how this, this was played out of the show. The fourth wall breaking in this episode was fantastic. Yeah. We've seen it all the way throughout the series, right back from the start. And yeah. here we have this fourth wall break of, hang on a second, why are you still watching? That was a great ending to the show. Didn't we have a great climax uh, of our episode? And no, there's more. It's the gala because we only have one more episode left. Um, you knew that there was going to be something big happening. I like the nods that we have to what what it could possibly be. I love the Jen still talking to the audience and saying maybe there's a Red Hulk out there, which is something massive from the comic books yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that we'll hopefully see sometime in the future. Uh, as you said, Chris, the, the reference to Wolverine, where uh, where Nikki uh, takes out the brushes and pretends that she's Wolverine for a second. That's a nice a nice nod to uh, to uh, the X Men characters as well. Um, and then we just get a nice gala. Everything's going fine until you see that. Although Jen has been nominated as a female lawyer of the year, it turns out once again the people in the law society uh, think they're doing something right by just giving every female lawyer an award. And um, aren't we great? <laughs> yeah. Aren't we really progressive here as an organization to uh, to bring you all here and reward you all equally? Because that's that's what we think of you. All female lawyers are just as equal as the others. It's a horrible moment, and I love that we get a called out by Mallory Book uh, yeah. on stage here. Uh, again, they must have all been duped into this idea that they could possibly be up for the best female lawyer award. They must all thought that they were up for an award for the work that they've done, and Mallory Book taking the microphone and effectively going, this is what my life means. It's people asking me what it's like to be a female lawyer, basically. Uh, yeah, really like that as the, as the kickoff for effectively the setup of what's going to happen here we get the plot from intelligentsia what they're trying to do they've taken everything from uh from jen walter's phone and they're sharing it here effectively as um revenge porn um in front mm -hmm. of her parents who are there in front of her colleagues who are there in front of the entire law society of la and the purpose of it is to try and get her angry, to try and turn her into the Hulk, try and get that reputation for her so she loses everything that she has because she's a woman. And that's yeah. the whole reasoning behind it. Um, it is absolutely really well executed. It's something that's been laid down really well throughout the episodes, uh, building up to these types of people thinking they're entitled to take someone down. Um, and I, I loved it. I thought it was, it's a really well translated version of that story. There's unfortunately this whole idea of revenge porn is, is awful. It's, it's, uh, it's out there and p the people who have to go through it, it's a horrible thing to go through. But I think they've done a really good job here putting it on screen and, ma and making this really serious moment after a, like, a very good comedy episode. And the season itself has been quite lighthearted overall, but we have seen those impacts that Jen has had to go through those those things that Jen has had to go through throughout the season mostly kind of played off but this is awful and you can yeah. see why she goes absolutely nuts on it yeah she goes angry and snarly I love the fact that as well though you know friends like Nikki are there trying to sort of 
bring her down and you have Mallory as well right at the start, you know, don't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I liked all that side of it as well, that, you know, the people um, that your friends, your colleagues realizing this is bait and yeah. trying to just pull her back from taking it really in effect. And um, I really wish she had ripped the, the, the mask off the guy that she'd caught. Uh, Cause I was like, Ooh, who's that? I just really couldn't tell. And yeah. I think the other interesting thing for this episode, which we haven't mentioned is, you know, Todd, her former date is the, you know, <laughs> in terms of the day before, well, you see, he's got, um, you know, he has an interest in in superheroes and their memorabilia mm-hmm. in terms of getting the the Wakandan spear. Mm-hmm. But he is there also at the gala with the head of the law firm. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So they've had to have a way in here. They've had to have some way to get in here, intelligentsia. So I think our theory that Todd is involved somehow is probably pretty likely. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty likely. He's set himself up as a pretty abominable character, a pretty atrocious human being, just simply earlier on in the season and how he treats Jen. In this episode where he talks about spending a million quid on the spear, it's not only that. If you, the, the conversation itself is far worse than that. He says, nobody buys African stuff like I do. Nobody's interested in the stuff as much as I am and does the things that I do. And then says that the reason why he calls Jen, not, it isn't just to come on to her once again. He's also saying that they're, that what the Wakandans want it back because colonizers took it. That's a very real world problem yeah, when exactly. rich people are buying this stuff up because they have the money to do it. And again, calling himself out as a really, really bad human being. So I think he's involved. I don't think he's the leader of, uh, of the group anymore. I feel like he's. Uh, he's involved somehow anyway. Yeah. At, le- at least they used yeah. him to get into the gala because, yeah. remember, they had, had quite a significant amount of control in there being able to take over the screens of this presentation room yeah. and nobody able to turn it off. So they had access yeah. at least, and I think they just used Taz to get that. Yeah, there was four or five of them in masks in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure... I. Uh, I think they're not going to do a big reveal where, oh my god, it was the leader. Mm. Oh my god, it was ex-supervillain. Yeah. Uh, all along. I think they're actually doing a really, really well done commentary, which they have done across a lot of the series. Mm-hmm. Commentary on what it is like being female. Revenge porn. Yeah. You have not earned the gifts so you do not deserve them. Mm-hmm. Um, weeb men, like yeah. guys who are like, oh, I'm a con, I will take, no one does Japanese culture like I do. No one does African culture, like yeah. the, where he screams Wakanda forever. Mm-hmm. Um, like all of this stuff, I think they're going to make, no, men boys are <laughs> the villain. And they I think are, that yeah, would, actually. like, the, or Definitely. group think with man boys are the villain yeah. of this. I think they'll do a nice stinger at the end where like there might be they'll they'll, they'll tease someone else potential um, on it as well, kind of thing. I think that would just be fun as a just a kind of setup for some future property. Yeah, but but it um, is, it, and it, 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 you're right because it's it's to that point that normally the people behind this are simply sat behind a computer screen or yeah. or a phone, and. Um, riling people up mm-hmm. and yeah. other people following it it's 
there's there's no superpower involved in that other than a connection to Wi-Fi in that respect. It's just their own hang-ups and prejudices and biases behind it. So I I actually, I think that'd be a really good way of, of, of going down that route rather than it being some kind of, you know, super villain or or what have you, because ultimately that's the reality of it. It's, it's anonymous, obnoxious people hiding behind um the screens of everyone else's uh phones and and lap and laptops and and computer screens quite to be honest so like yeah it 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 was it's really well done i mean it really is absolutely it would it would be great you're right it would be great if we didn't have a leader of this group if this if this hulk king was actually just the program that's set up to allow all these losers to talk to each other and plan and organize something as atrocious as this, if that was the enemy that she's fighting against. Because, again, so many people do have to fight against that uh, uh, in the world at the moment. Hey, just look at the comment section for every uh, good episode of She-Hulk to come out. Oh, my God. They're As they bend over backwards to explain why... Even though it's a great episode, the show is terrible because it's got a female lead. Uh, that kind of stuff. We're seeing it on on Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power as well. Uh, same exact kind of comments. There's just this toxic idea that it's not exactly what I wanted. It doesn't star people that look exactly like me. Therefore, it's terrible and awful. And yeah. I'm going to shout at everybody and be, do a lot worse things as well. But anyway, a great ending. A yeah, great no, way yeah. to set up the finale for the season yeah. as well. And it does show you how good She-Hulk is as a show. A great guest star this week. It was really, really enjoyable. But the show itself has been building really well and, and able to deliver this kind of emotional punch at the end of this episode. I, I was wondering, and I, I'm, it's there on purpose, I'm absolutely sure. I'm wondering whether they have pushed Jen over the edge to the point where she is yeah. like Hulk. Bruce at the beginning when he yeah. became Hulk. She's nonverbal. Has she become that way? There certainly were... We're making sure she didn't say any words, but it's just because of the look she gives to us, the audience, the fourth wall, the final fourth wall break in the episode. It's like she looks at the audience as she has done more in this episode than any other episode. And it looks like she doesn't recognize what she's seeing out of her rage. It's not like she's questioning or not like she's saying, "Uh oh, look at the mess I've got myself into here. It looks like she's wondering what the hell this is. Basically, It, It was really good. And I mean, it's a great cliffhanger. Really good cliffhanger mm-hmm. for setup into the last episode. And yeah. um, the other side of it is, you know, with all the red lights going off, you get mm-hmm. just getting that red palette uh, on her, mm. which, you know, given um, what she said when she breaks the fourth wall about there being another Hulk, a red Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as you pointed out, that great sort of nod to the the Hulk TV show where Hulk, yes. yeah yeah where you have um, just sort of a quarter of her face mm-hmm. in in the screenshot with the eyes and because it was all about the eyes with with yeah. that seeing the 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 rage the anger mm-hmm. in the eyes so it was really nice uh, touch point that's a nice callback yeah. wasn't it yeah. Yeah. yeah I really liked that but with that gentlemen do we have any notes um, yes I have a weird one in okay. that. I was laughing my head off at this episode with just the previously on She-Hulk. The fact that it ended with her burping, doing that burp from the first episode where she was with um, Bruce. 
it was just really good it's, and the twerking and mm-hmm. all that yep. um after bruce you know sets up ultimately what matt murdoch uh, said in the episode yeah. well what are you going what you know how are you going to be a superhero with this this new power mm-hmm. um and then it goes into the twerking and it ends off with the drunken burp uh i mean that just had me laughing away before it even got into the episode yeah yeah, yeah. The, the writers or the editors both both yeah, of them have absolutely. to get some form of nod in this, uh, in the awards. You say it's, that every just, time, Chris. Yeah. And it's like... I've we, never got awards. <laughs> they don't. It's but they real, should. Yeah, exactly. Because really well edited. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, it was just that it was a snappy previously on. It was so But you so don't get good. previously on anymore. Yeah, it was a, a really good opening. Really enjoyed that that idea for uh, for what are you going to do with She Hulk uh, with uh, with lots of uh, lots of twerking and lots of uh, lots of burping. Great fun. Um, couple of little uh, things I really liked in the episode. There were so many great touches uh, back to Daredevil touches back to, uh, to back to She Hulk. One of the ones I really enjoyed was in that conversation in the bar when uh, Jen turns around to Matt after he explains one for them, one for one for uh, one for us. Um, she says, Oh, the secret double life of Matt Murdock. How does he do it? Which could be just used as the intro to Daredevil next season when it comes on as, as Daredevil, uh, born again. A really, a really nice touch again, not knowing who he is, uh, at that point. I thought that was, I thought that was really, really good fun. Um, loved in the battle, uh, with, uh, with the two of them. Little, a little bit of joking back and forth when, uh, when She-Hulk finally gets to unleash in her brand new suit, which looks so good, uh, on screen. This is her comic book accurate suit, or close to anyway. Um, when she, when she says she's gonna whoop Matt's ass, and then, uh, Matt lands as Daredevil and goes, my ass remains clearly unwhooped. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very cool. I think that's it for my notes, uh, for the episode. John, do you defend She-Hulk? Episode eight, Ribbit and Ripit. I really do. I give this five liar liars pants on fire uh, out of five. Nice. Uh, or should I say ankles on fire? More <laughs> more appropriate. Yes. Um, yeah, I, this to me, from the very get-go, as I say, weirdly with previously on, to mm-hmm. the, in, in a sense, the weird epilogue where she breaks the fourth wall um, with, you know, are you guys still here? And just that setup, you know, absolutely right it could have finished there Mm -hmm. you know with the walk of shame from daredevil and it was that episode was great leapfrog you know minor character just really brought to life here um by the actor that played him just by the writing loved it i love the whole setup of it the court case you know we're back in court again just again the, the the fun the energy, the comedy really ran through this uh, for me, uh, interspersed with these um, you know, great action sequences with their fight in the car park mm-hmm. and the, the corridor fight nods. Um, all of this, to me, just sung beautifully. Um, so, yeah, five liar liars, pants on fire. Excellent. Out of five. Excellent. Do you want to give a ten since we have two major characters in there? Yes, ten out of five? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> How about yourself, Chris? Do you defend this episode of She-Hulk episode eight? Of course. Of course. 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, just the epitome of what this show could be fun plus Daredevil. Like, it was the She-Hulk that I've loved for eight episodes and Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing more I can really say. Like, it's just, 
I want a season two confirmed at least, or where we will see this stuff. Like, you could, I'm of the opinion you could probably argue longer episodes, but I'm happy with the shortness they have here. Mm -hmm. You could argue a full comedic film, full on action comedy. Yeah. Like with Buddy Cop. I'd watch an hour and a half of the two of them Buddy Copping. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm 100%, 100% defend. What about yourself, Derek? Do you defend this episode of She-Hulk? Yeah, I absolutely defend this. Absolutely loved it. Um, I think just even having these two actors on screen together, Tatiana Maslany and, uh, and Charlie Cox on screen together, they are two really well-respected actors, and you can see why. Their their chemistry between the two of them yeah. is so good on screen, and they you can just pin the entire episode together. There's a lovely moment um, when the two of them are sitting on the, the sign outside the uh, the lily pad um, where she's thanking uh, Daredevil for his help, and he's saying, no, no, I was just the lead superhero, and gives her just this little nudge, this, this little touch on the shoulder uh, to show that there's more that he wants to say, and they, they just leave it hanging there for the moment. Uh, just before uh, they go home together. So it's it's a lovely touch that's pulled off really well by great actors. And I loved seeing the two of them together. It's such a great, uh, it's such a great pairing of the two of them. And really important, I suppose, in the MCU because these are the first two lawyers we know, right? These are the two mm-hmm. big lawyers that we know from the MCU. So yeah. great to see the two of them together, which means hopefully this allows Tatiana Maslany uh, a guest spot over on uh, Daredevil Born Again. Oh, that's um, so good. Which yeah. would be quite cool. Her going to visit New York for an episode uh, would be a nice a nice uh, trade-off. So, that would be great. Uh, that'd be cool. Uh, on top of that, as you said, Leapfrog, my favorite new character uh, in the show, and then a really good, strong ending for the show yeah. that builds on everything we've watched over the course of the last couple of episodes. It hasn't all been... Um, just nods to the kind of things that are going on in a woman's life living in LA. This has all been building up to how bad it can really get if you're in the public eye as yeah, well. So, definitely. Uh, so thought that was really good. I think it's time to take the bar exam for She-Hulk for this week. We have our eighth question in our She-Hulk pub quiz. John, do you want to get grab a uh, an apple teeny uh, and certainly, uh, let yes. us know what the question is? Maybe two, mm. followed by several pints. I think. Um, <laughs> welcome, fellow defenders and fellow quizzers, to the legalese. Uh, is question eight of episode eight? If it takes one daredevil fifteen seconds to take out one goon. How long will it take him to take out Tangoons? Well, it stumped Jen. It so, really did. So we thought we'd pose the question to our fellow defenders and see if uh, a maths question uh, will <laughs> will get you <laughs> or not. <laughs> John, do you want to give him the question one more time? Yes. If it takes one Daredevil 15 seconds to take out one goon, how long will it take him to take out Tangoons? Excellent. And Matt Murdock has already told you it's not 30 minutes. That's not how mathematics works. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Send in your answers to feedback at TV Podcast Industries for episode eight and for all the other episodes mm-hmm. of this series as well. We'll have our final pub quiz question with the last episode uh, of the series of She-Hulk. And we will... Give out the old answers and who's won the the goodies, the She-Hulk goodies uh, in our wrap-up episode as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of which, let's go over to the feedback we've gotten in 
uh, on this episode. Uh, first up, we've got some emails in to feedback at TV Podcast Industries. We have an email in from Suzanne Nelson who says, Hi, Defenders. I've been watching, listening to She-Hulk along with you gentlemen and thought that I was enjoying it until this episode. I found myself loving the scenes with Matt Murdock and just wanting more of Daredevil. Even the music from Daredevil was there. Made me long for more of him and less of She-Hulk. Not a good feeling after watching eight episodes. Hoping for a powerful final episode. Also, did Josh take her blood or just copy her phone? How could he take her blood without her knowing? Fingers crossed for a good final episode. Suzanne. Thanks, Suzanne. Uh, just on the blood one, you could put some numbing cream there, there, and just kind of hit them with the needle. Who knows? There oh. are multiple ways. Um, because, yeah, no, we, we, we yeah. saw the last time... If it was just a normal needle and not the big, massive, <laughs> like, super up, hulked out needle, the hulked out needle would, she'd feel, let's Definitely. be honest, Jen <laughs> would feel the hulked out needle, it was half the size of her body. Yeah. But the, 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 a normal needle with some numbing cream, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah it seems like uh, the plan was to, to um, make her vulnerable, so... Um, if he's just copied her phone, that's that seems likely here mm-hmm. that he's just copied her phone, not taking her blood. But if he was taking her blood, it was to possibly his plan was to make sure that she wasn't She-Hulk at the time, so uh, and keep her vulnerable. So, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. it was it was the text message uh, that he sent, which had the Hulk, mm-hmm. the syringe, uh, and blood. So yeah, yeah it, it it was a little strange because we didn't see it. Yeah, but certainly the text message seemed to suggest he had that yeah uh, on that's, board. True. that's true maybe um, maybe it'll be hulk versus hulk in the final episode yeah. and uh, we'll find out who that has been given to or he was somewhat being cryptic or metaphorical about copying the phone well yeah yeah, yeah. or he's just really bad at emoticons and picked the wrong ones <laughs> yeah. and meant something else yeah that could be it and know? also suzanne with you there on the music just great uh to get the Daredevil theme. Yeah. There. It's a shame it took, took away from your enjoyment of, of She-Hulk seeing Daredevil in here. Like, he is such a great character. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love seeing Charlie Cox in the role. But for me, I think just seeing the two of them toe-to-toe was really enjoyable. And how the episode ended uh, made me want to see uh, the next episode more than anything else. Um, but we'll get loads more Daredevil in the future. We've got uh, 18 episodes to come in the limited series, which I still think is about three seasons worth the show that they're that they're delivering they're, just, they're yeah. filming 18 and putting out three seasons that sort of feels like they might be doing uh, but thanks so much for getting in contact Suzanne uh, hopefully they do nail the landing for you uh, on the final episode yeah thanks Suzanne we also got an email from Coffee and Vodka greetings fellow publicly defamed defenders previously on my show speaking volumes to those like me Wondering when Daredevil was going to show up for the past couple of episodes. It's an interesting experience having an interactive conversation with a television (laughs) show. Or are we just that predictable? From the Ferris Bueller, are you still there? To Leapfrog's Joel Schumacher design lair. To the (laughs) Carrie style ending with a video screen replacing pig blood. Mm. And probably more things I missed. There was a lot of cinematic influence here. As for the events of the show, as much as I just want to say, wow, it was good to finally see Daredevil. If this is what we can expect, violence-wise, with the character going forward, the difference just seems to be the the goons' henchmen don't get back up. Mm -hmm. It was good to see Jen finally meet a man who isn't a total piece of work, providing a long-overdue, if short-lived, bit of happiness. 
How high up does the Hulk King organization go that they could infiltrate the gala events so effectively? For her to mention the Red Hulk in one of her many fourth wall breaks and then show us her savage She-Hulk persona so much here throughout the entire episode. Finally, I'm left wondering if Todd is just an awkward and completely horrible receipt-holding red herring. Otherwise, why would he admit to owning vibranium to Jen? Five truthful daredevils, slanderous slideshows, and broken frog legs out of five. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka. Excellent stuff, coffee and vodka. Love mm. the broken frog legs out of uh, five. Mm-hmm. Really, uh, <laughs> that's a that's a nice one. I wish I had thought of that. Yeah. Damn it. Very good. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, the cinematic influence, uh, I definitely get where you're coming from uh, with that. Uh, for sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, in terms of Todd and that organization, you know, is he a red herring? It could be. Yeah. But in we'll some ways, out. I think after, you know, the discussion we had about that, it kind of needs to be someone that normal yeah. or, or horrifically normal, well, you know, yeah. to be that red herring. And um, so, yeah, and yeah. I, I'm hoping he's not now, if I'm yeah. honest. I, I, I su- assume he's connected or they used him to get into the place. That, that's all my assumption was. I don't. I certainly don't think he's the leader of that group. I don't think Todd could organize his life well enough uh, to be the leader of that group, even though he now has his Wakandan spear made of vibranium. Uh, I don't think well, that yeah. makes him any better a person. But I mean, the point is, anyway... There are people like Todd out there, as well as organized groups of people that yeah. take down people yeah. on the internet. They're, they both exist. They, they don't, they're not all, unfortunately, in one big group that you can punch in the face and get rid of forever. Uh, unfortunately. But I wish we could. That would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Great stuff. Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, Coffee and Vodka. I, I have to say, I love the carry catch and the Joel Schumacher yeah. catch. I did not connect them. As soon as you <laughs> said them, I was like, oh, yes, now I completely see yeah. what you're saying. Great catch. So, yeah, great catch. Over on Facebook, Heather Wallace had this to say. So many thoughts driven out of my head at the image of Daredevil doing the walk of shame with boots in hand. So good. Okay, on to actual thoughts. (laughs) Jen isn't a good lawyer. In all of the cases we've seen, she is unprepared and usually wins by a fluke. This week, Matt Murdock ran rings around her. First in the actual courtroom, and then with an analysis of why a temporary insanity defense wouldn't work. We've been told Jen is a great lawyer, but we haven't seen this. So was she a good lawyer before becoming She-Hulk? And is it affecting her cognitive abilities slowly? Giving in to her completely justifiable rage affected her reasoning abilities. But what if it's more than that? If Josh did take her blood, has it been used to create a substance that can cause her to lose control? I really hope it wasn't in the yurt smoke from last week. I really don't want Emil Blonsky to be the villain behind all this. I love the retreat episode and the support Jen had from that group. I hope at least she has the sense to hire Matt Murdock to represent her now. Thanks, Heather. Uh, yeah. And um, that we, I think we're all in. We don't want uh, Abomination to be the uh, ultimate villain on this. It mm. could be cool, but I think ultimately for me, I think the the real villain is the men we leave behind and find on the internet. Yeah, is a nice is, is a nicer story on this one. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I can still see it. I can still see how they would put Abomination into that villain role. The, the, the twist on the retreat being a, a villainous purpose, not just a comedy, uh, yeah. a comedy trip. Um, is, is a fun idea to me, but I think, as you say, that the real villains here are intelligentsia, these losers on the internet. So, uh, so regardless of whether, he is the leader of the Hulk King and he had a purpose to get some more of the, uh, the Hulk, um, blood as a serum. Uh, even if that was the plan, the intelligentsia are, are still a massive, uh, a massive villain. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a really good one. And, and we've mentioned this before. Marvel used to give out no prizes for, uh, for explanations for, uh, that, that they hadn't thought of, uh, in Marvel comics. I feel like if, if we, think that Jen is not a very good lawyer and the rationale that you've come up with here Heather is that uh, being She-Hulk is affecting her cognitive ability uh, that would be a Marvel no prize because I don't think they've come up with that idea in the show I don't think she's supposed to be seen as a bad lawyer it's just supposed to be some more comedy cases uh, that she's going through yeah yeah thanks Heather uh, we also got some feedback from Harvey Locus who has this to say this whole episode nay show has had me thinking how much I'd hate to be in Jen's shoes. Mm-hmm. And the ending solidified that even more. I seriously thought we were just going to get a tease of a possible hookup between Dee Dee and She-Hulk. But thankfully, they held nothing back. Just when Jen gets a win, Intelligentsia is there to take it all away. Was that the longest fourth wall break ever? Mm-hmm. I can't blame Jen for ignoring Mallory's warning not to break the screens. I'm still convinced that Todd is somehow related by blood to the leader and that'll how he'll get the serum. I can't see him being the brains behind this operation. I doubt he's even fully aware of his connection to Intelligentsia. My main question after today's episode is, are we going to see Jen in an inhibitor by the end of this series? Oof, I hope not. Yeah, I, I hope not now either. Um, But I also, I think, to Heather's point previously as well, that she can hire Matt Murdock. That would be a really good, uh, you know, way of getting Matt Murdock back as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's interesting. I'm just wondering with Todd, you know, about, yeah, you know, that sort of same look as the leader facially, whether he is, it might be. <laughs> Maybe. Could he you know? be the son? I'm just going in my head. I was just trying to do the math. Of, like, when Hulk became the Hulk. Yeah, yeah I, I do think there's, like, maybe something there with, like, him being the leader's kid. The mm-hmm. kid was, like, mm-hmm. there before. And the reason he's rich is because the leader's, like, been hiding in the background making money. And because, like, the Incredible Hulk was, what, 2008? Mm-hmm. And um, Ed Norton had been the Hulk for a bit of time at that point already. Um, and we're on the run for a while. Mm. And with the five year jump, you could easily get 10, 15 years questionable. Plus, a, if a kid's 10, then you've got 25. Or if a kid's like 12, 15, you're near <sighs> yeah. 30. Like, there's a, you could do the math there and go, okay, yeah, he's, he is like the son of the leader. And the leader's, that's how, oh, that's how you could do it. That's hey, I suppose. Maybe. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's it could be just a nephew. Um, it could be a relationship, a relation in a different way as well. Uh, yeah, that's entirely possible. Uh, you never know how they're gonna, how they're gonna, uh, play this out. Uh, at the moment, regardless, Todd's an a-hole. 
Um, <laughs> that's that's kind of uh, regardless of who he's connected to. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what I'm seeing from excellent stuff. Thanks so much for that feedback, Harvey. Uh, we also got some feedback in from Victor Von Doom, who says, "Greetings, defenders. Wow, I best be careful for what I ask for because I got it. Charlie and Tatiana were great. Leapfrog is a total a hole. Looks like Intelligentsia are asserting themselves. Too bad Bruce wasn't there to calm Jen down at the gala. I continue to suspect creepy Todd behind most of the trouble. I hope Jen." truly hulks out on the bad guys perhaps matt sticks around to help this was for me a truly enjoyable mind-blowing episode excellent stuff victor i think we uh we're in total agreement with you uh, definitely on that uh, john daniel says these are my notes another kind of real-time viewing stream of consciousness if you don't mind uh, luke jacobson is not cool oh hmm. shit matt murdoch is very cool <laughs> todd just stuck sucks so much Jen's outfit is awesome. I'm glad they made it kind of look like the comic without making it a glorified bathing suit. Oh, wow. It's Daredevil. The yellow helmet rocks, and I love the tried and true they have to fight the first time they meet. The advantage to these short, ep- short episodes is no fat. This is all exposition during action. Oh, hell yes. The simultaneous fights, legal banter, and comedy in this episode are legit sensational. Okay, the Jen Matt hookup was completely required and welcome, and the boot holding walk of shame made me seriously laugh out loud. Oh, whoa, this got heavy real fast, and I don't know how to think about Jen losing her control here. This is an amazing penultimate cliffhanger. Five out of five henchmen goons for real. Excellent. Thanks so much for that, John. I kind of love these uh, these stream of consciousness uh, while viewing the episodes uh, posts. They're, they're good fun, aren't they? Yeah, really good. Uh, thanks, John. Uh, Dr. Bob Phillips uh, also said, Oh my, that was the best so far. Absolutely here for the fourth wall breaking comedy. Loved the lawyering while fighting overjoyed with the clumsy desuiting and mm-hmm. walk of shame and the hulk take on the defenders corridor fights was just chef's kiss the inclusion of the horrible slimy female lawyer gala speech and it's hijacking by idiosia mm-hmm. means i now want it to be next week already we need more she hulk than just one more episode mm-hmm. good stuff thanks dr bob and um, yeah i think we're all in agreement there. Yes, the clumsy desuiting indeed. Um, probably didn't get enough of the the old full see the old Marvel abs again from from <laughs> Charlie. Uh, he certainly may, maybe wasn't quite match ready. He looked pretty match ready. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But you know, maybe that was why. Uh, you know, I thought <laughs> I saw th- quite thick calves. Um, <laughs> Salima <laughs> uh, Kisler also on Facebook says, So great to see Matt Murdock back as both an attorney and a superhero and not missing a beat in either role. Mm. I'm still not entirely sure why or how he is a member of the California bar. Maybe he became one in the event that Luke needed him, but probably best not to think about it too much. I'm glad they explained why he came to California and I'm hoping... The yellow suit is temporary, though. I appreciate the nod to the comics, but I do prefer the red. Speaking of the comics, Daredevil did, of course, famously fight the Hulk, and it did not go well for him. Good thing this run in with She-Hulk wasn't quite as damaging. We finally got to see She-Hulk's super suit, and it looked great. It also looks pretty funny when she shrinks back down to Jen, 
And that fits the tone of the show so well. Mm -hmm. I was really enjoying this episode until it got gross at the end. I also don't quite get why the public wouldn't appreciate Jen's right to defend herself, but I guess we'll see where that goes. Lots to wrap up next week. Salim. Thanks so much, Salim. Um, yeah, I guess it's because she hulked out mm-hmm. completely. And, um, that's what frightened everyone. Yeah. Um, ultimately, it's just yeah. the, the, the possibility that she has this restrained beast underneath her that's exactly like the Hulk who used to go around destroying everything. Well, yeah. Um, I, I think that's what they're trying to show off here. Um, remember, not a lot of people will know exactly what was up on that screen. Uh, what they'll see in the public eye will be her crashing through a wall, grabbing somebody um, after being at a gala and hulking out and ra- her, her rage yeah. effectively. So, And that's what they're trying to present. So I think that's probably what they're going for uh, with it. No, definitely. And Salim, come on. The mustard and ketchup themed <laughs> super suit. <laughs> it is mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> I'm kind of with Liam. I, I like it for this show. I like I like seeing it on screen. It's a nice nod to the comic. It's the right yeah. place to do it on She-Hulk. But I'm expecting we might see that one more time, and then we'll see the new red suit. Not not even the old Daredevil suit. Yeah. I think we'll see a new red suit when we get. Uh, but I this is a very show. much a coloured swap version of pretty close to the old suit. So pretty close. Yeah, yeah. I want his yeah. black suit back. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be a good one. Um, thank you so much, Salim. Brianna McGill had this to say, I cackled when Matt said, I'm Daredevil, and his theme played in the background. I also had been hoping they would hook up. He was the same Matt we know and love, but we got to see him through the comedic lens. Mm -hmm. And that walk of shame was chef's kiss. (laughs) Claire Laffa, in all caps, had this to say, walk of shame. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. I think we're all very happy with that walk of shame. It was just the perfect embodiment of... Yeah, we had a really serious bit, and then here you go. It's a a bit of fun just to kind of end out the episode before the real end. Yes. Yeah, I still I still contest. It's not really a walk of shame, despite what Nikki said. She didn't know how uh, how good it yeah. went. Uh, it's just no, the, it's I, just I the agree. morning after. He was yeah. really enjoying that walk. Boots off and his uh, and his feet walking through the grass, enjoying himself. Good stuff. Thanks, Brianna and and Claire for uh, for your thoughts there. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Brianna. Thanks, Claire. Uh, Donald Dennis says, a few thoughts, starting with a great episode, including how many times she broke the fourth wall. I have to wonder how good Matt's senses are doing the walk of shame in the grass along a dog walking path. (laughs) (laughs) They're that good. (laughs) Hulk conflicts have lots of collateral damage. Will that big scene get billed to the rich family of Leapfrog? Uh, I love the fight between Daredevil and She-Hulk. I think Daredevil's style felt more comic booky and spectacular than it did in the Netflix shows. The gala was truly horrible, though. I'm guessing they had zero women on the planning board. Was the entire event set up by Intelligentsia? I don't think destroying the tools being used to defame and shame you would necessarily be undefendable, especially because the venue could be held responsible for not securing their network. And grabbing the mask eye, repercussions of that depend on how much the Intelligentsia have infiltrated damage control. Was that damage control that was on site at the end of the episode? If so, something is up. I can't believe damage damage control arrives that quickly. Oh, and about last episode, I think the problem with the security ankle bracelet may have been caused by the bioelectric surge of Matador on Emil Blonsky. I'm not 100% convinced he is reformed, but he might not have wanted law enforcement to know who was at his compound. 
Owen, did it feel like Matt was trying to soft-pedal the idea that he was a superhero by talking about his client having made his suit and telling Jen that she can serve people in more than one way? It isn't like she'd believe he was a superhero up front, but that when she found out, the idea had already been introduced subconsciously. I like that. Yeah, I wonder if he might have been checking to see if the idea of Daredevil had gotten all the way over from New York to LA. Yeah. Was he kind of self-pedaling and seeing if Jen might recognize this idea of a lawyer by day, Daredevil by night? Uh, yeah, maybe. no, absolutely. And I, then when that didn't work, he kind of yeah. had to show her. I, li- I like that for sure. I like that idea. And also, Donald, I think um, that that notion that it it's from the Matador the yeah. the electrical shock rather than the electric fence just to keep that hidden from uh the law enforcement i think that's a a, a nice little theory mm. if emil blonsky is possibly um the brains or or the driver behind some of this yeah 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 no or 100%. even if he's yeah or even if he's not a bad guy and you just didn't want people to know uh that matter was there maybe yeah. that's well that's typically it. you're not allowed like consort with other criminals. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true. as a, as a criminal and reforming criminal, you're not allowed associate with other ilk. Mm-hmm. That's, so that is true. Go. That is true. Um, in terms of whether the event was set up by intelligentsia or was it just that the law firm or law organization didn't have any women on the board? Uh, that's pretty likely. It was just this ridiculous law board who has uh, no women involved in the planning at all yeah. and thinks. Wouldn't it be an amazing idea to give everybody a participation trophy? And the participation you have is, you're a woman who's a lawyer. Aren't we so open? Um, Because I've seen it happen so many times, unfortunately, even in in lots of other industries. So um, I can can expect that intelligentsia wouldn't even have to work very hard uh, to set that up. No. Good stuff. Thanks so much, everybody, for your feedback once again on She-Hulk episode 8, uh, Ribbit and Rippet. Uh, great to hear your thoughts. Great to hear that all of you seem to have enjoyed uh, the appearance of Matt Murdoch and the episode as much as we did. You can continue to share your thoughts. Keep emailing them into us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. We have one episode left, but if you don't get your thoughts in for the final episode, uh, you can get them in for a wrap-up episode, as John mentioned. Uh, we will be doing a wrap-up with our uh, results of the she-Hulk bar quiz. Get your answers in for that as well to the same email address. Um, we will be back with our final episode, the season finale of She-Hulk Attorney at Law next week. Yes, and if you've liked what you've heard throughout this episode or any episode this season, you don't forget you can support us by heading to patreon.com slash TV podcast industries where you can support us for a single dollar dollar bill, y'all. Ribbit, ribbit each and every month or if you just want to give us a single lily pad worth of a coffee you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash tvpi and you can give us a one-off donation for a coffee but don't forget you can also share the podcast rate and review it because sharing the podcast is what chance sharing the love. love thanks so much for joining us talk to you again next time speak to you again soon bye Yet yeah, thanks, fellow defenders, for joining us for the Daredevil and She-Hulk crossover extravaganza eleganza. And in the meantime, remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep defending. Bye. Bye. Bye.
it's a She-Hulk version of the Mandalorian. That's literally what I felt like yeah. it was. So the Mandalorian, um, they basically had all these story again. I'm hmm. explaining to people who may not watch it. So the Mandalorian is on Disney Plus, and since the first season, they had all these. I was so waiting for Chris to go. The Mandalorian is this show about a bounty hunter in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Do you know what the Star Wars universe is? A long time ago, <laughs> so in a galaxy far, far, far away, go all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> there was this movie in the seventies. <laughs> 